As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside back for another edition of Two Man Advantage, the Athletic Hockey Show. Pierre LeBron, what? I'm so I'm, I'm so excited. I'm barely. I know you stand up now for these, but I'm sitting down. But I'm I'm sort of levitating, going up and down. We're gonna it's so much fun today. We're gonna talk to Drew Doughty of the LA Kings. Cannot wait to catch up with the two-time Stanley Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, uh, so that's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to take some questions, as we always do. I, I like the questions section now, and and uh, we don't even have to take a personal hygiene question from our friends anymore. There's lots of other stuff to deal with. And, of course, the league is full of news. It's like we're less than two weeks away from the trade deadline. How, how are you feeling? How, how's your – this is a this is a stressful time for you because you, uh, you're never off the clock, my friend. Yeah, but it, it, it is so different this year, though. I mean, I hope that fans have a lowered expectation is all I'm going to say. I mean, teams are trying. We are going to have trades. But if the volume isn't half of what we had a year ago, then then I, I'll be shocked. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's very true. But it, you know what it is in some ways? And I, th- I think fans really do understand it. I mean, maybe I'm naive, but I think fans understand it. It doesn't stop you from... And we'll get into all of this, but if you're a fan of the Flyers, okay, what do, you know? What what is Chuck Fletcher going to do? If you're a fan of the Bruins, if you're a fan of the Leafs, um, but I do think people do understand that the circumstances are so different this year. Um, but it, it still makes it, it still doesn't blunt the the ish the not anxiety, but the excitement of thinking about what could happen, right? So. I th- I think we're there. Like, well, you must be well, like when you're talking to people. Like, I, I think people, GMs, executives, scouts, people, they're still doing things. It's not like they're going, well, we got no money and caps flat, so let's not do anything. Like, people are still beating the 
beating the drum, yeah. right? Beating the bushes. Yeah, just as much as ever. It's just more difficult to find a match is what's happening. And, you know, I, I wrote this piece today on Wednesday that, that got published about, the, on top of everything else, the impact that the Seattle Kraken are having on the trade deadline. And I know it's confusing for some people that because obviously they can't actually make trades yet, but they are allowed, if Ron Francis, the GM, feels like it, they are allowed to start committing verbally, you know, word of honor, yep. uh, to what the compensation would need to be to stay off certain players in the expansion draft. And the reason that's coming up now, of course, is that there are teams looking to make certain trades that want to know it doesn't screw them for the expansion draft, essentially. Right. Like if you're acquiring a, a top four defenseman, for example, but you only want to protect three in a seven three one protection list, you you're phoning Ron Francis to feel them out on it. Right. And that's exactly what's been happening on a, in a number of different cases, according to people around the league that I talked to this week. So Ron Francis's phone has been buzzing a bit here well, ahead of the deadline, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, and to me, that's one of the great things about this trade deadline. With the when you look at the uh, uh, Seattle expansion draft on the horizon, if you're a GM, you know, like I mean, historically, if you're a GM and you can acquire, like we saw this with Julian Breezewa a year ago, if you can acquire a player or two with with term, like a Blake Coleman, like what? Yeah, that's that's just smart hockey, right? Like if you can do that, because now you get them for two playoff runs and if they don't fit right mm -hmm. away, all those kinds of things. But to your point, if you acquire a player with term, now you have to look at your protected list and the expansion draft and go, well, what happens when I bring that player in? I thought your example of right. Matthias Ekholm was, was outstanding because part of the reason you want Matthias Ekholm and, and part of the reason that he might be one of the only players that you would give up a first round pick to acquire at the deadline and assorted other assets is that he has another year left on his deal. But if you acquire him and then end up losing another, you know, sort of NHL roster. Well, your, your fourth defenseman, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Then what is, what is that not counterintuitive? So, um, so let me ask you this, knowing that this is, uh, these conversations are being had, do you think we're going to see some, Seattle action. And we may not know until, of course, when they pay their $650 million and they're officially, officially in the league, but it may take some time. But do you think we're going to see a number of these kinds of deals made in advance of the April 12th trade deadline? Yeah. So I, my sense is that Ron Francis, at least once or twice here over the next week or two, and we'll never know, obviously, it's not, you know, Ron Francis is as tight-lipped as they come, so it's not going to leak. But my guess is maybe he does commit to a team or two by saying, you know, if you're willing to give me a, a first round pick and X, I'll stay off that player, which allows that team to go out and do something tangible for the trade deadline. It, that's possible. And, you know, he may also just decide that his best leverage is still closer to the expansion draft because of the flat cap environment, that maybe he just keeps all his chips to himself and doesn't commit to anything over the next two weeks. That could be as well. Um, you know, the example I use, and it's not the only one. I mean, I'm sure Vegas had more than, more than one of these, but this is the one that I always come back to because it's probably the sexiest. But we know, and Jim Rutherford has confirmed this a couple of times to me, that Jim Rutherford and George McPhee had a understanding on deadline day 2017, four months before the expansion draft, that Marc-Andre Fleury was going to Vegas with the second round pick. And it was important at the time, I think, for everyone involved to know that. I think it allowed the Penguins 
to do certain things at the deadline that they may not have otherwise done as they went on to win another cup. Yep. Um, you know, Vegas was obviously happy to get the second round pick and get a future Hall of Fame goalie. Uh, so it all sort of worked out. But of course, none of that came out on deadline day. <laughs> it Word started to leak out in the weeks leading up to the uh, June expansion draft. So that's what I mean is that you could have one or two of those over the next couple of weeks, but we probably won't know about it. Right. Which is interesting yeah. in Seattle. Uh, one of the things that I find fascinating about where we are in this craziest of seasons and approaching the trade deadline, and, and you wrote about it, that you wrote about the goalie carousel and what may happen in the offseason, lots of fluidity in terms of where goalies go and what teams are, are thinking and, and planning out, not just as we head to the trade deadline, but obviously before the draft in late July, um, what Seattle does, uh, you know, vis-a-vis you know, stocking up on goaltenders, which is one strategy for an expansion team. But every day now, it seems another team is like, "Uh oh, what are we going to do about our goaltending in the here and now? And you live in a city where Freddie Anderson has not been on the ice in a long time. And uh, the the wording is very vague on when he might return to action. The Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, a team that is, you know, like we had uh, Ron Hextall on last week, I guess, right? The the new GM of the Penguins and talking about things they might do. Christian Jari leaves the game the other day with an injury. Um, you've got the Florida Panthers who lose Aaron Ekblad for the rest of the season. Such a critical piece for him. Does that force them or put them in a position where they might move a goaltender like Chris Dreger, who's been unbelievable, but is a pending UFA? Like to me, the whole goaltending market is mm. wacky now. Do you do you feel that, or is it is is it just me? Yeah, I mean that's 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 sort of why I wanted to write about it Monday because I think that we are going to see a couple of goalie moves. I think you know the majority of it, of course, will be in the off season, but you know, you know. Jamie McConnell from TSN, my colleague, uh, you know, and, and former NHL goalie coach, former NHL goalie, he's adamant, and I'm with him, that Colorado needs to act. For sure, yeah. That, that they've got a team that can win the Cup, but they're one groin injury away to Philip Grubauer. Hopefully never, but yeah. they're one groin injury away from, to Philip Grubauer from what exactly? Well, With Pavel Frank, Frankus, you know. Seemingly, if not gone for the year, certainly gone for quite you know well, yeah, yeah. a lot of uncertainty involving a situation. So uh, I'm with them on that. That's the action team for me on this whole goalie thing. Is, is what is Colorado going to do? Um, because I, I think they need you know listen. They just lived it in the bubble last summer after Grubauer and, and Frank Goose were gone. Yeah, it derailed their playoff chances. So I I, I implore Joe Sackett to go out <laughs> and, and get insurance and goal. I really and. And, you know, as I suggested, and I'm not the only one, I, I talked to a couple of people around the league. I mean, he might be able to do the, more than just insurance for the rest of the year. I mean, what if he what if he stepped up big and tried to get one of the Columbus goalies? Yeah. You know, uh, the, the Jackets have been listening since last fall on on their goalies, Corpy Salo and, and Merzlikens. Um, what that would do for the Avs is that, you know, Grubauer is UFA after the year. So you're not only giving yourself insurance for a cup run here, but maybe even some leverage <laughs> come the off season uh, because those uh, Columbus goalies are signed through next year. Um, and now uh, Aaron Portsline covers the Blue Jackets for us mentioned this to me because I, I did not realize this, but Elvis Merz-Leakens is expansion draft exempt. Right. Yep. So 
you know, I know that Columbus has been listening, you know, for half a year on those goalies, but maybe at this point, do you wait until after the expansion draft if you're Columbus to figure that out? I don't know. That, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, and to me, one of the, and I couldn't agree more on Colorado. I, I mean, it just, it's a no brainer, right? And you look to me, you look back a couple of years ago where Vegas did not do <laughs> this a similar kind of thing with the, which was to shore up or provide Marc Andre Fleury um, with some you know with some help and I, I think he o- was overextended no, all due respect to Malcolm Subban who was backing him up but th- there was no Plan B in Vegas and and uh, they ended up getting knocked out in the first round an epic uh, playoff series against San Jose um, but yeah it, it, Colorado is right there but they cannot go into the playoffs with with their goaltending depth the way it is. But to me, the interesting part is all of this is tempered by the fact that a lot of the obvious choices or obvious options, it's colored now by because of the injury situation around the NHL vis-a-vis goaltending. I know and we, you and I both talked about Jonathan Bernier, really terrific year for him in Detroit playing you know, behind an, an emerging young team. So lots of shots, but he's been very good, but he's injured. Got us. Is it like yeah. A- so my yeah. sense is that, that he will be back before the trade deadline is what I heard this week. Right. So that but that would be. Bodes that, well, obviously. Right. But that would be critical for especially if you're talking about a soft tissue core body injury. And he's a guy that has had some durability issues. So, and you've got two goaltenders in Arizona who, you know, Darcy Cumper at one point was in play, right? The, the Bill Armstrong, you know, asked around about Darcy kind Cumper of. I think, I think yeah. he, yeah, kind of. I think he was doing the yeah. old, which is smart. I wonder if anyone will lose their minds and right, yeah, because he had another spend. year left and right. right and anti Ranta on an expiring contract, but now he's out and doesn't seem like it. He's coming back anytime soon, and now it's Aiden Hill sort of carrying the ball there. But for and th- that team is still very much in the you know, in the playoff hunt in the West division. So it, it it's a very fluid situation, I guess, is my point in terms of the goaltending and what options there might be. Out yeah, there. Well, 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 let's pick it up after the break. But uh, we mentioned Bernie. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I think is on the Philadelphia Flyers radar if, if the Flyers decide to seek out goalie help, which I don't think is a sure thing because I think it's a delicate in nature to be approaching that. But... I think my understanding is it's certainly a conversation the Flyers are having internally. So let's let's pick up on that after the break. Well, look at you. It was such a pro, right? You, you, you're watching the clock. You know we got to go to break. You're teasing our next topic, which is Philadelphia Flyers. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You mentioned this in in your piece, uh, Rumblings piece that comes out today. Uh, Philadelphia, just there's so much strange stuff going on around that team. I mean, honestly, down 3 nothing in the third period, came back to win in overtime against Buffalo. Um, but you could tell from the comments after 
Captain Claude Giroux and some of the other players. Like that, they're not very happy about what's going on there, and they're a team that I think a lot of us imagined would be fighting for, you know, the, one of the top spots in the East Division. Um, and now they're scrambling to try and stay in the playoff hunt. And uh, and Chuck Fletcher has some real decisions. And and I thought, uh, let me ask you what you thought of the decision to by Alain Vigneault and presumably with management's blessing to to give Carter Hart a bit of a break that. Work on his mm. practice stuff. Work with Kim Dillabaugh, the goaltending coach there. Try and just reset himself because it's been it's been really hard for him. And but the Flyers are in tight and they have given up a ton of goals. So what you mentioned the potential for goaltending help, but there's to me there's a lot at play with the Flyers who earlier I think looked to be a you know, could they add a top four defenseman to, you know, maybe push them back into contender status? But I don't even know if they're a buyer now. <laughs> You know, I, I do think they need help on defense, but let's not sugarcoat the real issue here. You know, people keep asking, what's wrong with this year's Flyers team? It's not just one thing, but it's certainly led by one thing. Not, they haven't got saved. Yep. I mean, you know, and Carter Hart's a wonderful young man. We've had him on the podcast. Um, but he, as we tape this on Wednesday morning, he is ranked 67th out of 69 goalies. In the NHL this season, and save percentage at eight sixty nine. Like, is that bad? Well, no. I, I mean, just <laughs> and, and again, like I know that the defensive play in front of him hasn't been good either. But they they got to get him fixed, and they will. And I've seen this. You've seen this with young yeah. goalies. You know the the back and forth of of your career. I think it's smart to give him a bit of time here to do a reset. Um, and the question is, how much of a break do you give him? Is it just like a week or? Is it more? Do you go out and get a goalie, as I speculated uh, on insider trading last night? Um, I mean, I think all these things are interesting questions, um, you know, for the Flyers to to talk about. And, you know, the reason I mentioned Bernier is is that I I think he's a name that has been tossed around if they do something. But it's not hard to understand why. Dean Lombardi is still a, a, an advisor for the Flyers. Of course, you would know Jonathan Bernie from his L.A. days. Yep. Uh, and you mentioned the goalie coach. I believe he has a, a history with Bernie, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I'll double-check that. But, you know, so who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, maybe the Flyers decide, well, two things. One, maybe not do – don't go out and get a goalie because maybe it just aggravates – you know, heart's confidence or, or, or whatever, right? I mean, that's the sort of two-sided coin of it. Or B, we're just not good enough that this team deserves us to go out and do that. So that's – and B might be stronger than A in terms of, of why you don't go out and get a goalie. But it's certainly interesting at the end of the day that it, at the very least it's a discussion I believe the Flyers are having internally and frankly, as they should be. Yeah. At this point, yeah, number two in uh, well, number two in terms of goals allowed per game, and, and not in a good way. So, in the number of goals they are allowing per game, thirtieth out of thirty-one teams, and that's yeah, you're right. It just can't happen. And I got to tell you, and you mentioned Carter Hart being on the podcast, and and I spent some time with him. You know that I always have a little bit of Stockholm syndrome, right? You wrote that that big piece, yeah. Me, so yeah. I spent some time with uh, with Carter Hart and his family uh, outside of Edmonton before the start of the. 1920 season and just you know he's so thoughtful and he works so hard and you know he, he 
And you're right. Like, I mean, we, people forget, you know, there's a period in Carey Price's career, right? I mean, at one point he was, you know, Yarrow Halak took over as a starter. And should they keep him? Oh, and, you know, and how about Jack Campbell's story? Yes. Which yeah. really took a lot. I mean, we hope that it's not like that for Carter Hart because Jack Campbell's journey is is, is pretty exaggerated. But, you know, from, from first round pick to where the heck is he now to the long sort of rebuilding of his game through L.A., right? Um, I mean, and now he's terrific in Toronto. It's just, it's a great story, but it's an example again of goaltending and the mystery of it, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I want to, I mentioned it briefly, but I wanted to circle back. Uh, I, I, I feel so badly for Aaron Eckblad. Um, and I feel, I feel bad for Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers, Bill Zito in his first year as GM there, because like, let's, let's be pretty honest, right? Aaron Eckblad's, you know, career has not been a straight line from first overall pick and rookie of the year. You know, there was there have been some bumps along the way after that uh, tremendous first season. And I talked to a bunch of people, and I'm sure you've done the same, who felt that he should have been in the Norris Trophy conversation this year and that he has was playing his best all-around hockey of his career and had really, you know, sort of For embraced, sure. yeah, embraced Joel Quenville's, uh, what he brought to the table the second year for Joel Quenville with the Panthers and and really had, I think, risen to a challenge to be a leader on that team. And, you know, for him to suffer the, the fracture to, to the leg and to be out for the rest of the season, just... Uh, it, you just feel for for him, but it also you know makes them it makes life way more challenging now for Bill Zito uh, approaching the trade deadline because that's a really good Florida team. It's a really good team, and I would argue it's the best team ever in in that franchise's history. Um, which I know, okay, the bar set pretty low, right? They haven't won a playoff round since '96, but there's a, there's lots there to like, and I wonder what you make. Well, they did. They did have a team go to the cup final, Scotty. Yeah, yeah 96. 96, yes. my friend. Yeah. That was no, a long I'm time saying, ago. You're, say, you're saying this team is the best team in franchise history. I mean. Come on. I think those guys in 96 might uh, beg the difference. You think? But, uh, anyway. but yeah, no, it's. Uh, Quibble. I, mean, I, I forgot what your question was. Cause <laughs> I said, what, what do you do? Five minutes. Well, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, you take issue with my comment. I, I would put, I'll put this team up against that team. Now, they haven't won anything. They haven't even been, they haven't got to the playoffs yet, but they're very much in the hunt for first place. In I, I, I I love their story and, you know, they're playoff bound for sure. I don't have them there with Tampa and Carolina. So okay. I think there is a reality check coming at some point with that. But I listen, I hope I'm wrong. What a story that would be. But the Eggblad injury, I mean, there are two players that really, I think, Florida couldn't lose, or maybe three that can't lose. And that's Barkoff, Ekblad, and Huberto in that order. And, um, you know, they have been playing without Barkoff for a while, although it looks like he's on the men, which is nice to, to hear. But it was terrible to see that injury and then to, to, to hear the fallout because Ekblad was playing unbelievable. And, of course, I have always got my Olympic hat on, as you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that drew a lot of attention from uh, – you know, the Team Canada Brass for Beijing, no question in my mind, the way Aaron Ekblad uh, was playing. And that doesn't go away. Like, he'll be back next year. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you wish he could have finished this off. And, you know, it reminds me a bit of Doug Hamilton's injury last year, right? It's uh, having a breakout year and, and uh, has, you know, similar injury and just hate seeing it. But for Florida now, the tough thing is, yes, 
my sense is that teams have been burning up Bill Zito's phone line now for 48 hours. But Florida's got to be careful. They're not they're not there with the elite cup contenders. And I think Bill Zito knows that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So, and he was hired for a reason. He was hired because this is a franchise that, you know, often has lived in in, in the moment, uh, which I think is, is the pressure of that franchise in terms of creating a bigger fan base and, and so many years out of the playoffs. I think Bill Zito is really dedicated to what the big picture is going to mean in his plan. So you can forget trading a first-round pick or a top prospect for a defenseman. Agreed. Yeah. That's not happening. For sure. But is there a way to do a softer deal to at least get a body in that could help, right? I mean, I think that's a possibility. I'm with you. I'm just looking at Florida, 694. I, I understand what their record shows. I'm 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 looking under the I'm, I'm looking under the hood. Okay? I, know, I know you are. I, I listen. It, it is a great story, and it it's a great story because you know Bill Zito's done a, a really nice job in a very short period of time there, and I really do think they have uh, are on their way to really changing the culture there and making that team. A, a team that that people could warm to. Now you know it's a hard place. It's a hard so place. So if you have to give the Jack Adams right now, which is uh, I'm so happy you and I don't vote on the Jack Adams. Yes, yeah. the play-by-play guy, the broadcasters who who vote on it. But Joel Quenville's right there, obviously, because yes. it's always about the team that surprised the most. Correct. Um, but I think Barry Trotz again. He should just be a routinely a top three candidate every year. They should just sort of that should be announced before the season starts. <laughs> So you got Quenville, you got Trotz. I mean, Rod Brindamore, does he get overlooked because the Hurricanes were expected to be good? Yeah, that's right? a fair question. Now, John Cooper, I bet you doesn't even get a vote because they're the Stanley Cup champions, so that bores people. But, I mean, it's hard to repeat. And look at Tampa. Yeah. Like, I think John Cooper deserves some love. Uh, what about Dean Evison in Minnesota? Uh, uh, Dean Evison? Yes, big time. So there's – I was going to get to him. Okay, what sorry. About, <laughs> what about Peter Lavillette? Yes. Big name hire, big money hire. Was hired to fix the caps there as we tape this, uh, sitting in first place in the best division in the league. Yep. No. Nope. Um, he probably won't get a sniff, is my guess, right? Because it'll be like, well, well, you know, the caps are supposed to be good. Um, what about Mike? My, what about Mike, Mike Sullivan? Mike yes. Sullivan, yes, in Pittsburgh. I, I I had the Penguins missing the playoffs this year, so it shows you what I know. Yeah. Um, I think he's done a great job. You know, Pete DeBoer won't get any sniff, right? Because Vegas is doing what Vegas was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. It's just how it works usually with the voting is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jared Bednar in Colorado. Again, it'll be like, well, everyone picked you to win the cup, so we're not going to give you a vote. Um, Sheldon Keith. How about Sheldon Keith in the first place Maple Leafs? Yeah. I, yeah. You know? uh, Paul Maurice, I think, deserves consideration because the Jets. You know, everyone has revisionist history right now. The Jets were not a popular pick. They were not. Yes, for the season. I yeah. wrote about that. Yes. So I like I like Palmer. You you're yeah. you're on your ballot's going to be about twenty deep now. I see. So well, I don't have a ballot. Thank goodness. I just this kidding. is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem. What about uh, I don't know who else? I guess that's about that's it. That's about it. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When you're trying to grow a business, the caliber of person you bring in to help you do that 
is really important. And LinkedIn makes it really easy to interview the right people for the role, quality people. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional. On LinkedIn, 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NHL show. That's linkedin.com slash NHL show to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, as promised, you can actually hear me. I clap my hands here. As promised, Drew Doughty, Los Angeles Kings defenseman, joining us. And Drew, I happen to know because I've done my intel, but uh, you're coming to us from lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been thinking about this all season because I never leave my house, but what's it like to be in in Vegas? I mean, you're there all the time, but how different is it to be in Vegas as part of this crazy season. Yeah, I mean, uh, the entire season is different. Uh, it sucks, kind of. You go to all these nice cities like Vegas, and you know you want to go out and tour around, uh, maybe go out to a nice dinner, or even, I mean, you're not supposed to go to the casino, I don't think, but yeah. sure guys do. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it sucks. You, you look out your window, you see all these you know nice casinos, nice shopping, all that kind of stuff, and you know you want to go explore it all. Not that I haven't before, but it's just something to do rather than sitting in your hotel room and for, you know, where we just finished practice, it's already one o'clock. So we're going to sit in our hotel room until we go to bed basically now. So it sucks, but we're just happy we're playing and, um, you know, keeping the NHL going. Yeah, Drew, I was, I was going to say, like, and the hotel life I've been seeing from different stories and player comments. I mean, you make the best out of it, right? I mean, there's ping pong tables in those in those big conference rooms uh, you guys watch games together video games and what, what's that been like yeah well, you know what our team is completely different than a lot of the rest of the league uh, we're we're like extremely strict with covid like we're not allowed to hang out in the suite together we're not allowed to play cards on the plane anywhere uh we're not allowed to hang out together uh so we're not doing any of that stuff uh what we've kind of I mean, I'm one of the older guys on the team now. I decided to go out and buy a little TV and bring my be- Xbox on the road, and I'm playing Xbox the whole time with the young guys because we're, we're not allowed to hang out together. So uh, <laughs> our team's made it very strict and done a great job at uh, you know keeping things in, in check. We've only had, I think, two guys get it this entire time, which is, I think is pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, we can work up to that because we're really missing hanging out with each other. Like, there's nothing better than having a few beers and playing cards with the guys. Uh, that, that's one of the best things about playing the NHL. I was talking to some team services people, including Rob Couch, who's a former Atlanta guy and have known Rob a long time. But, like, so much is different where teams, will, like, they have, some teams have assigned seating in their meal rooms and yeah. assigned seating on the bus and the plane where, you're right. Like, there's none of that sort of normal interaction, and I wonder what, you know, maybe what the 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 hardest part or the biggest adjustment, especially as a veteran player, where you have to set an example. Like, what's been the hardest part for you? Um, I I don't know that I've really had a hardest part. I mean, uh, as a veteran, like you said, uh, you know, you just want to lead by example, follow all the COVID protocols that we have uh, to the best of your ability. 
show the young guys, you know, how important it is. Um, and, and as we spoke about, I know we're, we don't hang out outside of the rink as much, but when you have that time at the rink, obviously we're allowed to be around all each other and, and talk and stuff like that. So when we're at the rink, we really make the most of it and just kind of, you know, hang out with everyone. And we stick around the rink a little longer than we have in the past, just because that's our only free time, it seems like. But uh, no, as a leader, you just got to continue to, you know, make everyone feel involved. I feel bad for these taxi guys, man. Like they're like going on the ice after us. They're, they're barely with the team. They, they kind of seem like their own, you know, six, seven man team, whatever it is. So I feel terrible for them. So when they're coming into the rink, the first thing I'm doing is trying to talk to those guys and get their spirits up because they're not playing games and stuff like that. So it's been tough uh, for them, I would say, very much. So are you are you begging Todd McClellan for 90-minute practices so you don't have to go back to the hotel? Oh, no, you, no, like, no, 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 we're not begging for extra ice time. We're, we're just <laughs> hanging around the rink and, you know, watching TV or whatever, just, just hanging in the room. Uh, Todd's been really good with ice times this year. You know, he, he has sharp, quick practices, high tempo, and that's what uh, players appreciate. You know, no one wants to be out there for an hour, an hour and a half. That that just sucks and you get uninterested. So uh, these quick 30, 45-minute practices are where it's at. Well, you're the last guy who should be asking for more uh, time on the ice uh, on off days. I'm, I'm looking at the updated stats here and leading the entire NHL in ice time per game at 20, 26.34. Not surprising. I mean, you're always among the league leaders, but that's still a whopping amount in today's game. And uh, you and Thomas Shabbat are up there uh, and Brent Burns. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, the, the great Nick, Nick Lidstrom once said to me, I asked him about ice time. He just said he, he, he learned to manage his ice time even in game, like when he's on the ice sometimes. Like, don't, you know, don't, don't make an extra move for no reason. I mean, conserve your energy. Can you do that in today's game? I mean, how, how do you manage that workload? Yeah, um, you know, for the most part, uh, I had a huge, huge advantage this season. Uh, we had the COVID, and I was able to get in the, the best shape of my life. So honestly, playing 26 is not hard for me right now, not to, to be arrogant or anything, but uh, <laughs> I just worked really hard, and it's easy. And yeah, you know, at times, you don't get, like, tired. So say you play, like, 10 minutes in the first, you're not going to be tired for, for the second period. You know, you're able to recover and stuff like that. It's kind of shift by shift that. Uh, you get tired if you get stuck out there for a long one. That next first shift is, is going to be kind of tough. So I've just learned, you know, I'm not going to go jump in the play after I've made a breakout pass if I'm already been out there for 20, 30 seconds. So that's mm-hmm. the one number one thing you learned. If you go down, try to create some offense, next thing you know, they get the puck, and then your shift is turned into a minute and a half because they come back down and you're stuck in your own zone. So, I mean, that's pretty simple, uh, pretty easy for people to do but that's really the only thing i do to try to help manage it is pick my spots on offense i'm curious drew because you you've been playing some with uh, michael anderson and i looked it up today he is a full decade younger than you are now i'm not saying you're old he's really young he's very young but uh, i wonder what what that has been like for you and maybe what kind of things does michael anderson ask you and what what is that like to have that you know, that kind of relationship and, and to be the kind of guy that he must just be trying to soak up every little thing he can from you. And I wonder what that's been like for you to, to go through that and have that kind of relationship. Yeah, it's been great. Um, I love playing with Mikey. Uh, he's a great player, very smart player, good defensively, uh, makes some really nice plays. Um, and he talks on the ice, which is something you don't see in young guys. And that just helps everyone around him. Um, yeah, I love playing with him. He, he learns quick. Um, he listens to everything 
myself or the coach has got to say, and he, he takes it in and then fixes those things. So, uh, and he's always willing to learn, always asking me questions. Uh, you know, what do you think we should have done here or there? And, you know, I give my input and sometimes, you know, he's got, he's ahead of me and I'm asking him, you know, what should we do? He, he's that smart that I trust him that much. And, you know, I was a young guy one time too, and I had older guys like Sean O'Donnell and uh, Rob Scuderi kind of take me under their wing as a partner and, uh, you know, show me the ropes and, and teach me little things here and there. And I'm just trying to do the same exact thing to Mikey. You know, I've done it with a few guys with, you know, Muzzin, uh, McNabb, uh, Forbert, and now I've got Mikey and it's something I, you know, love doing and, uh, love building a relationship. But, you know, with this one, I'm hoping it can last a little longer. Those other ones were kind of two year partnerships. I would like to try to, you know, have one for five or six years if we could. <laughs> well, time does fly, man. Cause I remember a 20 or 21 year old Jew Dowdy, at the Vancouver Olympics. Oh my goodness. That's 11 yeah. years ago. Where, where does the time <laughs> go? Oh, that was, sad, uh, but- that was uh, that was the was time. A, yeah, that was fun, man. You were obviously outstanding in that tournament as a kid. That had surprised many by making it, and then four years later in Sochi uh, as as one of the main cogs, and and that's it. There haven't been any Olympics since then, Drew. And um, you know, we did our Team Canada picks uh, last month. Uh, I had you on mine. I can't remember if Scotty did or not. It might be a good time to put your feet to the fire now, Scott. Did you, right? Drew? Uh, if you didn't have me on it here, I wasn't doing this interview. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> you, I had you on mine. And, and you know, the, as always, the, the Canadian right side of the defense is always the hardest thing. Like, it's weird how our country produces more elite righties than lefties still. Right. Uh, which doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it. But how much would it mean to you? You're obviously on, on Team Canada's radar. Doug Armstrong and that management group have met a bunch of times already. How much would it mean to you to, to get back on that team for, for the Olympics next year? Oh, it would mean the world. Um, you know, something that, uh, you know, I always not expected, but uh, expected myself to, you know, work as hard as I could to put myself in the conversation. And obviously I've done that. And now it's just about uh, continuing and working hard to, to make the team. Uh, I think I've done a, had a great season so far. So I've had a, done a good job at that kind of hush the critics and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I, I, Obviously, when I see you guys predicting things, it bothers me not even having me in your you know, top 10 sometimes, which I find absolutely ridiculous. But at the same time, uh, you guys have your opinion. You know, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But in the end, uh, Doug Armstrong's keep, uh, picking the team, and I know how much he believes in me and how much he's believed in me in the past. And, you know, I believe that uh, things will go well for me here. Okay, just for the record, they don't let me do the Canadian teams, right? I, I only do the American teams, so okay. I'm just saying. But I did do a shadow Canadian roster. I'm just looking at it right here. Yes, Drew Doughty is on it. So, okay, I, made, I made that Good up. Job. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Drew. I mean, to, to me, it, it, it seems, and maybe people from the outside, you know, you win two Stanley Cups, you got two gold medals, but it strikes me that, like this stuff really still matters to you and it still pisses you off if people don't, you know, maybe recognize you the way that you feel that you should. And I wonder, have you, has that always been that way or because I think people think, well, who, why should he care now? But clearly you do care. And I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a person who cares in everything I kind of do in life, uh, especially hockey. Um, I take a lot of pride in being a good player. I take a lot of pride in leading my team to, you know, success. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know how people can honestly play the game. Yeah, one all people always come up to me like, "You won two cups. Why do you care? Why do you want to be like talked about in the top?" I'm like, "Like, what the hell am I playing the game for? I might as well just retire. Like, I want to win. I want to be a Norris candidate every single year. I want to be a great leader for our team. I want our team to be in the playoffs. I want us to win Stanley Cups. Like, that's just that's all I'm playing for. I'm not playing for anything else besides those things. I I, I love the game. Uh, the game has been great to me. Um, but yeah, like if I don't play with a competitive edge, I'm not going to be a good hockey player. That's my number one asset as players, my competitiveness. I care a lot. I want to win. I hate losing in anything. Um, yeah. So when people tell me like, why do you care what other people say and all this kind of stuff? I don't know. It kind of bothers me because to be honest, I do think I'm undervalued. I know I make tons of money and uh, people have talked about me in the past, but no one sees what I'm doing you know, this year and what I've done in the past years. Yeah, I had down numbers and stuff like that, but I'm still playing great hockey and still uh, an elite player in this league. And when people don't uh, put me up in that thing, it, it pisses me off. But you know, I'm learning to deal with it. I'm not the best at dealing with it. There's no doubt about it. I'm not good at dealing with it. Um, that's all but, right you don't you, you don't have to keep it inside see that's good that you can come and chat with us because you don't have to keep it inside just let it out it's I, all good. I, I i was worried after your, your your last tour of the canadian nhl rinks last year that you were going to stop not having a filter so we, <laughs> we we want you to be yourself too we don't want you to be reserved oh i know and i am myself for the most part but uh you know sometimes uh the things i say i wish i could have back so i'm learning to, to choose my words more wisely that's that's for sure and and just yeah. one last thing on the Olympics. Uh, yeah. Uh, Beijing is going to be on NHL sized ice, interestingly. And, um, you know, Sochi, I know it's a long time ago, but you were there. It was on yep. international ice. It, it's incredible how different the game is, eh? Like, I, you know, yeah. Sochi, Sochi wasn't super exciting compared to Vancouver, but I also think, I actually think your team was more dominant in Sochi, but it's so different. It's more of a low event game. Especially the D, I find yeah. you're pinching less, right? I mean, how can you compare the two yeah. different games? Yeah, uh, Olympic as a defenseman, Olympic ice is um, you know beneficial when you have the puck, and then it's shit when you don't have the puck because <laughs> like trying to stop guys on the cycle, like those corners are so deep uh, on the power play, they got so much more room. You can't be aggressive. Um, it's extremely hard to defend on Olympic size ice, like very, very hard. Um, but like I said, when you do have the puck, you got so much room. Like you could go the elite skaters and elite defensemen, they can go end to end almost every shift in Olympic ice. So uh, there's both benefits and things that aren't great for it. But uh, I'm always going to rather play on the NHL size ice sheet. I, I was uh, thinking about you, Drew, uh, a couple weeks ago when the, uh, an, an old coach of yours, Daryl Sutter, emerged yeah. back into the NHL, going back into Calgary. And I, yeah. I, like, it, I don't know if it's the kind of thing, like Daryl doesn't strike me as kind of a, you know, DM email kind of guy, but maybe he is. <laughs> do you still, like, do you still keep in touch? Is it the kind of relationship that when he gets that job, you reach out to him or uh, what was I your reach thought? Out. I, I'm extremely happy for Daryl. You know, when Daryl was our coach, uh, I appreciate him a lot. I thought he's a great coach for us. I thought he pushed me great, but kind of near the end, um, you know, things get old, like they do like every other coach. And then, you know, you kind of sit back. I've had a couple rough years and then out of nowhere, this COVID, I decided to rewatch all my shifts from like the 2014 Stanley cup run. And, uh, Wow. No, I was just watching myself play and just thinking about things. And then, and then out of nowhere, I decided to text Daryl and just tell him, you know, how much I appreciated him and 
everything he did for me as a play, as a coach and everything he did. He was a great man off the ice too. Very personable. Yeah. Um, I, and I just told him, you know, I, I love you. I just can't thank you enough for everything you've done. And, you know, I wish we could go back to those cup days and, uh, you know, I don't talk to him a lot, but I, I sent him that text in that moment and he sent me one back just, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not emailing or texting with him all the time, but uh, I'll never forget Daryl and I'll always love Daryl. And I always remember what he did for us. I, I'm curious, Drew. What did you did? Did you learn anything about yourself, or were you reminded of things like when you went back and watched those games and watched your own shifts at the highest level? Were there things that surprised you, or that you learned about yourself? Um, honestly, I've realized that in the past few years, you know, when I was young, I was a obviously I was good defensively, but I was a lot more offensive minded. I, I would play a lot more risky. And as I've got older, maybe the last four years, you know, people are always on me. Oh, he's trying to do, do too much. He's trying to do too much. Or he's playing like a cowboy. You know, he's just trying to rush the puck every time. And so all of a sudden, I just started sitting back. You know, I, w- I would jump in the play once in a while. But I wasn't going end-to-end anymore. I wasn't, you know, making dangles like I am now. And I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to listen to all these people trying to tell me I'm trying to do too much. I'm tr- I'm going out there trying my hardest to win hockey games. And if they don't like how I'm playing it, then they don't like it. And that's the bottom line. And, you know, this year, I after I watched that, I was just like, I'm just going to go back to, you know, being risky again, just trying things, trying to dangle, trying to get up in the rush as much as I can, go end to end. And it's been working for me. Um, I am still haven't lost anything on my defensive end. I've got even better in the defensive end. But I've uh, gone back to kind of being a cowboy. And they didn't like that. but. It's working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your your offensive numbers uh, show it because you're up there among the league leaders among defensemen where you, you hadn't been the last couple of years. So that right, that there's certainly been a surge there. Um, and and what about the Kings uh, as a team? I feel like we're seeing the sign. You know, the last time I actually saw you in person, I think Drew was when you were swinging by Toronto a, a year or two ago. Maybe it was two years ago, and and I'd written a column about sort of you you and Enzo Kopitar. It was starting to hit home that it was going to be a couple of years, right. For this to sort of go through and for the team yeah. to turn over. And, and that, that was hard as to sort of accept, but you did accept it. And I'm wondering well, now if he's starting to come out the other end of it a bit, seeing, seeing what's happening with the Kings this year. It, I'm starting to, but I mean, yeah, it sucked. Uh, I was in my prime. I'm still in my prime and we're just uh, rebuilding. But I mean, you got to accept it and you got to deal with it the best that you can. You know, uh, we got to try to get this team back as quick as possible possible uh we are seeing improvements but i think the one thing is we need to see bigger improvements faster um like we're a lot better this year and we're in every single game we play for the most part but you know i want to see us kind of uh especially in these last 20 games or whatever we got take some big steps yeah we've taken little steps but we really need to take some big steps and and try to sneak into the playoffs here because uh, once you get into the playoffs you get that confidence that you made the playoffs in that next season you know you're feeling good about yourself so we need to make a big step here, not just these little steps. And, uh, you know, I know we've done good with the draft. We've got some good young guys that are playing the AHL right now. And we have some good young guys at, on our club right now that are effective. So uh, things are looking up. But like I said, you know, we don't have time to waste. Uh, Kopitar's 33, Quickie's whatever, 35. Uh, we're, all, we're all getting old. We don't have time to waste. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That. Yes, isn't that the truth? All right, we're gonna let you go, but I I gotta find out what's the and I don't know much about video games, but is what's the game of choice for the LA Kings and and how do you match up against the young guys? Um, 
so I'm more of a FIFA player, which is soccer. Um, I'm really good at that. I, I can beat I can beat them all in soccer, but they're uh, they're Call of Duty guys. And uh, I I was Call of Duty when I was younger, but I took maybe three years off or something, so I'm not even close to them right now. Honestly, it's like kind of crazy how good they are. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. They grew up with video games and stuff like that, so they got a little bit of an advantage. But uh, man, these guys live for video games. They even watch guys play video games, and I find that absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say my my son is nine, <laughs> Drew. My son is nine, and I catch him all the time on YouTube watching other people play video games. I'm like, why don't you just yeah. play your PS4, dude? You have a <laughs> PS4, go that's... play it. <laughs> it's mind boggling, no doubt about it. <laughs> and th- now do they smack do they talk smack to you about stuff like that or do they is oh, there yeah. still enough yeah, oh my god that's no well good. i don't know how much you guys i know you guys know me but i don't know how much you know about me off the ice I, i'm chirping guys left front <laughs> uh, everywhere like non-stop like if you're passing by me something's gonna come out about what you're wearing or something i don't know what it is but so whenever they got a chance to get on me they're they're not afraid to to hammer me and uh I mean, it's all in good fun. I love it. Um, I like keeping things, keeping people on their toes, and I like them having me on my toes. So it's a lot of fun. Well, listen, I, I've worked with Pierre Lebrun for many, many years, so I, I, I've been used to the odd chirp myself. Say, so that's, I, my, that's, that's my job that's in right. our world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's good that's stuff. Good. So, well, listen, Drew, it's been great catching up with you, and thank you for spending time. I, I, I don't feel too bad now because I'm not keeping you from a big dinner in Vegas or no, a tour out to the video. Hoover Dam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for thanks for coming out and yep. hanging out with us and here's to catching up in a rink in person sooner than later but thank you so for much sure. thank you guys so much uh, i appreciate it great to hear from you thank Drew. You. thanks man all right bye guys well, that was outstanding my friend and uh I, it was i would you know what for me the listening to drew talk about a watching all his shifts from 2014 and reaching out to Daryl Sutter, I, I don't know. It's just it, it's clear the fire burns very hot within a guy who's who's accomplished so much in his career. To my mind, you know, Hall of Fame career, and he's still got lots left to play. Yeah, and you asked him a great question about why it matters to him when people don't pick him for Team Canada, or don't pick him to be in the running for the Norris. And he's right. If you stop caring about that stuff, then why are you playing? And you have to play with that chip on your on your shoulder. And and listen, I mean, you know, Drew did have some off years the last couple of years, and 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 he's bounced back. He's having an outstanding year, and and he's kind of a polarizing figure for whatever reason in our industry. But I was talking to a GM, a rival general manager, obviously not the Kings GM, but a GM from another team, actually, uh, and over the last couple of days, Scott. And out of nowhere, we were talking about different trends and this and that. He goes. You watch Drew Doughty play. He 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 is back to being Drew Doughty's what this GM said to me. So it was interesting to yeah. sort of hear that unsolicited. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. It's uh, to me, it's always hard uh, if a defenseman is on a team that that doesn't make the playoffs. It's it's hard, right. you know, when you when you think about the Norris Trophy and stuff like that. But I've I'm like you. I've talked to a couple of executives who watch that West Division, and they are like, he is at a Norris caliber and it's you know and that and that team is it's still in transition it's going to be hard frankly doug armstrong's blues are making it a lot closer than i think people thought Mm -hmm. um but but good for drew dowdy for you know for bringing the bringing the heat the when you know maybe 
you know, you've accomplished a lot. So right. good for him and, for, and, for and, doing that. Uh, you know, listen, I, if the season ended today, I, I, I don't have to tell you that I think it's Victor Hedman's to lose as far as the Norris Trophy goes yes. in terms yep. of his all-around game. But, you know, Drew Doughty's put himself in the conversation at least, and that's, I think, he, what he was clearly motivated to do coming into this season. Um, and he is certainly on Team Canada's radar. I guarantee you that. Um, yeah. Which is not easy because <laughs> there's so many right-handed defensemen to choose from on Team Canada that, that you're never guaranteed anything. But uh, he, yeah. he's in that conversation. Yeah, good stuff. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, my friend, we're getting towards the end. I always like where we have the questions here at the end. Um, and the questions are excellent. And let's start with... Hmm, oh, there's one in French here. Um, yeah, I don't think I can... I can I don't think Do you need help? <laughs> it doesn't start with le gâteau et sur le table. So... Um, Okay, here's this is one from Patrick Kincaid. That is an interesting one. Uh, at Orange Rocky Fan. The Avalanche are on the precipice of greatness, yet have been foiled the last couple of years and some games this year, uh, when faced with physical play. Uh, what changes, if any, do you think are needed, presumably, to get them over the top? And I've never, you know, I'm, I, I don't think of the abs as a soft team at all and i like pierre edward belmar there and i think there's you know uh nasan has got a, a player with certainly some sand do you see that as an issue for the abs that they that they can be pushed around i really don't i i, I mean i'm guessing without getting into the mind of a, of a questionnaire that he's talking about uh a second round matchup with vegas because vegas is a pretty heavy team um but i i i do not see evidence of the Owls being intimidated or pushed around. I really don't. Uh, I think you mentioned some of the players, uh, and I think no, I, I don't even think that's that's an area that Colorado needs to address in my mind. Yeah, I guess for me the only, you know, what what happens on the the back end because they are so skilled, but they 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 are on the smaller side, and you know they really miss um, Eric Johnson back there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite guys and and certainly a guy when he when he's playing he's he's he is he's a, offsets the you know the physicality back there he's he's imposing and um it was interesting with ian cole going to minnesota and um greg pattern coming in but uh, you know I, I i'm with you i i like that team a lot and uh, be interesting to see um all right how about we, we didn't really talk about Buffalo this week. We, Eric Stahl gets traded to Montreal. The clock ticking on 
Taylor Hall and who else from that team. Uh, this comes from Rob Gregoretti. And he wonders who would be the best choice for the Sabres to choose as their next coach. Who who helps to turn his his words? Who who helps to turn this mess around? And that's a fair comment for sure. Who, who do you like? What do you think? Yeah. So my hire would be Drogolan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just one of the things that has been difficult, seemingly to totally get in Buffalo. And, and I mean, listen, I. I was a Ralph Kruger fan, so maybe, maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask. But, and that didn't work. But, um, Gerard Gallant, we know everywhere he's been, but the, the, the player buy-in and the way the players react to him. Players, some players in tears when he got fired in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of emotional connection is needed for the Sabres coach. Now, there's other good choices. I mean, um, you know, they may end up going the college route and bringing a younger voice in. I think that's a risk because you've gone the unproven route a few times here. So I, I think they should hire another coach. But Bruce Boudreaux, I think, would also command respect. Agreed. Yep. You know, uh, let's see what happens with John Tortorella, who has a connection to the Buffalo market, right? And his deal's up at the end of the year. That's the only reason I mentioned it. I'm not saying that I don't agree. But yep. his deal's up at the end of the year. He's been in Columbus a while and... I think it would be an attractive free agent, so um, and certainly would get players' attention. No question. <laughs> that Sabres dressing room. So, if you're going to ask me to give you three names, those would be three names I would. Give. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you, and I I think there will be, you know, so much pressure around Kevin Adams, and you know, how does he? You know, he's looking for an assistant GM now, and uh, we've talked about maybe bringing in someone as a president of hockey ops. Uh, veteran guy we've talked about jim rutherford i I, you know for me what about a guy like ray shiro i mean to come in and help well same thing i mean shiro or rutherford i mean just that veteran president as a president of hockey operations right yeah i mean that would make sense to me i've seen no evidence that it's something that the Pamula's have any interest in yeah um all right how about one more and this i'm really i'm interested in this too from bonsai 2019 when do we see an OV extension announced? Of course, Alex <laughs> Alex Ovechkin in the final year of his current deal. Uh, once again, I, I just I, you know he's I never get tired of watching. Never really get tired of talking about him. Here he is, you know, pretty slow start to the season for him. Now he's surged back into the discussion for the Rocket Richard uh, Trophy for most goals in the NHL. He's he's been on fire. They had a tough outing against the Rangers the night before we're taping this, but he's been on fire. Um, and, and I think it's interesting to discuss because there have been players where we could never imagine them in another jersey. You know, Henrik Lundqvist, who should have been in a Caps jersey were it not for his heart condition, and Zdeno Ochara in a Caps jersey after leaving the Bruins in the offseason. Uh, never say never, but oh my gosh, get, like can you imagine Ovi in a Leaf jersey or a half jersey or going to New York and playing for the Rangers? Yeah, that's know. not happening. Okay. That's not yeah. happening. It, it'll get done. And, and I guess what's interesting to me is, is, is it just going to be one of those things that they want to get out there before the playoffs start? If, if, if it is done, I mean, I know there's been talks and negotiations, but no one's saying a word. Um, or the conspiracy theorist, of which uh, there have been a few out there, I mean... Why wouldn't you wait until after the expansion draft? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So one less player to protect. But again, that's a bit. I mean, the league has its radar up for all those situations around the league. You know, Colorado has Landis Gog. 
and it's sort of like I think all those things have to pass the, the smell test. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it'll get done. That that is not a concern. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. Um, what else we got on here? Oh, our good pal Glenn Healy the executive director of the NHL Alumni Association. He's joining Craig Custance on the full 60 this week. You know, Glenn is one of my, he's just so smart. Awesome guy. He has done. Yeah. And you know what? He's done just an outstanding job with the alumni. I'm sure Craig is going to talk on this, but really incredible work in terms of his outreach and, and looking after um, former players who, you know, who have had hard, hard times, and especially during the pandemic, uh, the Alumni Association deserves all kinds of credit um, for the work they've done. And, and, and really, it starts with Glenn Healy. So you should give that a lesson, a listen. Um, Doug McLean, Mike Russo's guest this week on Straight from the Source in on Thursday. The there you go. Some old Panthers talk there. Yeah, a little bit. A little circle here. A little Columbus uh, connection there, too. So, uh, And you should check out our comment section for each podcast episode at The Athletic App and rate and subscribe to theathletic.com slash hockey show uh, on Apple. If you aren't already a subscriber and you are listening in the United States, go to theathletic.com slash hockey show. And if you're listening in Canada, go to theathletic.com slash hockey show Canada and receive a subscription for just $1 per month. I can barely say that. It's so cheap. $1 per month, Canada or the U.S. Go and do it. Do it right now. Uh, Pierre, outstanding work by you. Next week, we will be on the edge of the trade deadline. I'm curious to see what news will have unfolded between now and then, but... I will look forward to our conversation as I always do. Right on, right on.